can't drink because I gotta drive. Yep. Welcome to my world. So okay, I'm drinking water. For me. Sober podcasting. Pff, fuck is that? Welcome to the Training <laughs> Podcast number sixteen. He is 16. as always daily. He is as always daily, and, and he's this joined is today. His partner in some sort of punny crime, Bart. Hi, I'm Bart. And we are joined, as we sometimes are, by his lovely wife Jamie. Say hello, Jamie. Hello, hello. Jamie. I never say hello, Jamie. I, know. I don't. Good night, Gracie. I know. I know. I like that you just use that as a verb, though. Mm-hmm. All right, well, apparently that was our intro. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, we're talking X-Men Days of Future Past today. Uh, we literally just got out of the theater a, a short while ago. Um, and we're, uh, I, think, I think we're all feeling positive? Are we all feeling yeah, positive feeling about pretty this? Good. Feeling, yeah. feeling pretty good, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, as always, this is going to be spoilerific. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to... We're not gonna hold it back. We're not gonna pull any punches here. Um, so, so let's 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 jump right into it, man. They didn't retcon his claws. I don't know how he got him back. Yeah, that shit made no sense and it served no purpose. Well, but I don't think you need to know necessarily because like there was a time lapse of some amount. Well, yeah. So that's so the, that's he got the, the adamantium back in some time. Whatever. Well, and there's a lot of that. In fact, you know that's one of the things. This movie is. Uh, it really it. It really wants to borrow from the sort of uh, visual language, the sort of motifs of Singer's previous X-Men movies. Like the opening credits? Like the opening credits sequence, the like digital, the uh, CGI DNA strands, and uh, the Cerebro doors closing, and it uses, it borrows from the uh, John Ottman score a lot. I mean, he's back scoring this one, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it borrows from the score a lot, so it's really trying to evoke... Uh, you know, the feeling of X1, 2, and 3, um, certainly in that opening. Um, but yeah, also at the same time, not very concerned with keeping up the continuity of those movies. Nope. Um, you know, we don't really get any kind of explanation as to how Professor X is alive anymore. I mean, we, there was that tag at the end of X3, but that was theoretically him going into another person's body, Wait, so oh, why are you looking for that? Though. Yeah, but the thing, it's like, we, we all, it doesn't matter. I like, like we just <laughs> We just blow through all that shit and it doesn't matter, you know? Oh, Wolverine has adamantium claws again because... Because he, he does. Because adamantium claws are awesome. And I mean, they that's nod all we, to we it. They do nod it. to it for a second. Like, they they understand that you're going to be a little surprised by that. Because when he goes back to the 70s and he first shoots his claws out and there's yes. no adamantium, he's surprised. Yes. You know, so it's like they, they nod to it. But I never felt like, well, I have to know how he got the adamantium back. This is slightly in the future. He got the adamantium back sometime in Somehow. between the last movie. Yeah, and I remember last whatever. week when we were recording, Bart, you sort of surmised, hey, maybe Magneto gives him claws back somehow. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, again, like, that's, that's a theoretical answer like that is really all you need in this movie. Credit to Travis. Um, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so there's, there's not a whole lot of, and, you know, Jamie and I tried to sort of made the effort, uh, this past week to go back and revisit some of the older Singer movies, because it'd been, I mean, it, it had been a long time since I'd actually sat down and watched all of, 
uh, the first one at least. I hadn't watched that one in a really long time. Uh, and even X2, um, X2, I mean, I, 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 I feel like I always... I any of those three in a while. Yeah, I feel like I always sort of came in on the end of X2. Like, I always found it on TV, like, right as they got to Alkali Lake at the end. And, like, I hadn't seen any of the beginning stuff in a long time. Um, and X3, you know, we purposely avoid, basically. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, we went back and rewatched them all. Um, we didn't rewatch First Class, but we've seen that enough we've that I that sort of so many feel times. Yeah. very comfortable <laughs> with it. Um, I did watch a little of uh, Wolverine today. Uh, Wolverine Wolverine versus the Fire Escape. I watched <laughs> I watched that today. Uh and yeah, that that's also the best best left forgotten. We always do this when another movie in a franchise that we like is coming out, so that we're sort of fresh in our heads. But yeah, you really don't need Marathon, to do that. Yeah. And in it's a way, really you not... shouldn't. It's like it's funny because we'd already done that, and then I read something this morning or yesterday, something after we'd already watched all three. That basically advised you don't do that because of all the continuity issues. And even as we were watching them. I remember saying in daily, like, how are they going to explain this? And how are they going to explain this? Because, like, I had forgotten just how much doesn't mesh with first class's continuity because it had been so long since I'd seen one, two, and three. Yeah. And so while we were watching um, three especially, I was just like, how is that going to work for, with first class? That doesn't work with first class. And so we're like, which continuity are they going to uphold? And it became this really long conversation that we had while we were trying to watch X3. We kept pausing it and being like, well, but what about and how are they going to... So, like, it really is one of those things where it probably is better if you don't watch them all and just sort of, like, go in with, like, I remember these characters, and I remember who knows who, and who's from first class, and who's from one, two, and three, and now they're going to meet, and that's kind of all you go in with, because anything else is just sort of jettisoned. Yeah, your vague recollections of those movies are more than enough to prepare you for this movie. Yeah, I know who the characters are and what their powers are, Exactly, that's That's exactly right. (laughs) Well, sort of. I don't know how they got Shadowcat sending people back in time. Uh, I'm yeah. Not, yeah, I'm not familiar was never enough part with her from the comic, so yeah. I don't know if that's a well, power she does have in the comic. It's never a power she's had in, in the original movies. Days of Future Past comic. It's she sends herself back in time. She sends no, her I, own, she puts I her knew, own consciousness I knew, back. Well, okay, oh. I knew that she was the one sent back in the original Days yeah. of Future Past. I didn't realize she sent herself. Yeah, back. she projects her own consciousness backwards. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, but I mean, let's well, let's let's go there. I I love. Uh, the way they mess around with time a little bit here. Uh, like, that opening sequence is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and the battle it, with the Sentinel? Yeah, that opening Sentinel fight is, is it's just, it's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the way that they use the time travel element to it, um, and the, sort of the explanation later, is, I mean, it's, that's really fun and smart, because it means that you don't need to deluge us with throwaway mutants just so that you can have some people die in a battle like Mm -hmm. you can have no there's just like eight or nine of us and and you know who everyone is and you get all of their powers and uh and and you can keep it very simple and still like have really awesome battles where people die in crazy ass ways and it's okay because it'll it resets later you know yep Mm -hmm. um and, the, and and they really like, are great battles. I like to call it the Breaking Dawn Part Two mechanism. Oh yeah, okay, that's that's <laughs> fine, I guess. Only because we were just talking. Yeah, about we that were just talking about that. I was not talking. He's about gonna that. cut that. Part yeah, that's okay. fine. Um, He's not my, gonna allow that reference. So rather than watch the old singer movies to prepare for this, what I did instead was watch the cartoon Days of Future Past. Yes. Harder. 
Um, which which is, I think I probably saw when I was a kid, but I don't. It's on. I mean, I'm I just I wasn't. I, I didn't plan on doing it. I was on YouTube kicking around, and it kind of it appeared on the side. And there, I was like, eh, all right, yeah. Um, and it's vaguely similar. Um, the the basic premise being that someone needs to go back in time to stop an assassination that will trigger all the Sentinel shit right. happening. Um, but it's Bishop who goes back, and he doesn't remember anything. Um, and he doesn't know who the assassin is. He doesn't know who the target is. He doesn't know anything. Huh. Um, Interesting. It's, yeah, it's a whole thing. And he, yeah. he he starts to think that it's Gambit, but it turns out that it's Mystique as Gambit. Oh. Um, and it's it's roughly similar. Yeah. Um, I really I enjoyed I enjoyed the future stuff. Um, they you know they sort of get out of the future. They sort of go back to the past very quickly. Um, and at first, I was a little bit afraid that I wasn't. That because I enjoy, I actually kind of enjoyed that future stuff. That I was afraid, it's like, oh, we're, we're, like that was it, you know? Like that's sort of been the selling point of this movie is, yep. hey, all your old friends are back, and we're going to see like awesome post-apocalyptic future stuff, and we very, got very Tron-y future. Yeah, we got like a little montage, and then and then that was kind, and then and then they go back very quickly. So I was I was a little worried that that at first that I was like, oh, really, that's that's it, and we'll get a little bit at the end, I guess, and that that'll be the whole thing. But no, like I actually enjoyed the. Uh, the sort of ticking clock in the future aspect. Yeah. When they were first describing it, I didn't, I wasn't really sure about it, but the way that they sort of used it, it was great because it wasn't just like every couple of minutes we have to cut back to the future so we can watch people waiting for Sentinels to show up. Like the the Charles and Charles, the Charles and Charles, can we call it Charles and Charles? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, call it Charles and Charles. Yeah, the uh, Charles and the Professor scene, let's go with that. Um, it's, I mean that's a, that's a really great it's a really great way to do nice that moment. yeah that's was, a that's a lovely scene I was really glad that the people next to us stopped talking for that part <laughs> oh my god yeah wait can we also talk about when the movie started there was a guy three rows down in front of us who was playing a game on his phone and a guy four like, rows down watching Kill Bill yeah like didn't but like the movie started and he did not turn his phone off he like he was just gonna to sit to there the next level man just, he wasn't gonna let the movie stop oh him oh my god no if it had gone on for like any longer i because he was only like three or four rows ahead and he was closer to me than to any of y'all so if it had gone on for like literally two more minutes i was going to lean over and just yeah. be like guy with your phone please and like i normally don't say anything but like i, I think people don't realize because i've seen people on message boards about this topic well comment sections whatever it's not 1995 um talk about <laughs> wait it's not talk about like oh well but if i'm just they feel like if they're doing something that's quiet like if they don't have the audio up on their phone that there's really not a problem with them pulling out their phone in a theater just like oh well but if i'm just texting or if i'm just on facebook like there's no noise that doesn't bother anyone they don't realize and that their phone acts like a flashlight yes, to everybody it's like behind them you don't them. realize it's stadium seating especially if you're down low as soon as you pull your phone out and you are in a dark room everyone's eyes go straight to yeah. the light that just came out and now there's this giant light in the corner of your eye and so that's how it was because the guy was right below us and so i was like okay wow i'm trying to watch the movie and there's like a spotlight shining yeah. in my eyes from off on the corner because you need to get to the next level of candy crush or whatever yeah. you're doing thankfully the guy behind him like made him stop it oh i didn't I was, realize that's what yeah happened. no i, I saw it. a guy leaned over a guy leaned over and made him shut it off and like thank god you yeah. know because i was i mean you you know me normally i am the first person to yell out shut off your phone asshole but uh, i was gonna do it anyway or i was gonna pull my brother who once got a guy to take down his umbrella in a crowded place by like just passing it along the rows so i was just gonna do that i was gonna lean over to the row ahead and be like we need to tell this guy to turn off the phone yeah let's make that happen 
Yeah, and yeah, and then the people next to us who were just talking at full volume at one point. Yeah. Like, really? What, what are you the doing? The fuck is wrong with what the fuck is wrong with you people? Um, this could be every podcast. Though. It, it is. It's, it does. <laughs> this happens all the fucking time. Um, it's the one thing I actually appreciate. I feel like about when we go to Jordan's. Mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't happen that much at Jordan's, and maybe part of it is because that theater is so. I was going to say. I think it's also that Jordan's is so loud. Like honestly, well, yeah. people could talk in Jordan's, and you would never know. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and it's and it's also really large, so you know you could have people way behind you or way over the side, and like, yeah, you you wouldn't, you might not notice a phone way off to the side behind you, you yeah. know, and the, you're 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 leaning back, you're looking up, so it's also a schlep. Well, yes, yeah. so yeah, I mean, you don't have people wandering in off the street to watch them kill two hours or whatever, yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to the movie. Back to the movie. Yeah. Um, I like I like most I like most of the future stuff. Um, I like the sort of implied, like we said, sort of this implied history that comes with everybody. Like we know enough about their backgrounds that it's sort of oh okay, Charles Charles and Magneto are friends again, and that's and that's fine. We don't really need a lot of explanation. I mean, I would love to get that explanation, but you don't really need it. Um, it's really fun to see Professor X in a hover chair. Yeah, yeah. finally, know? oh it's my god, it's really great to see him in a hover chair. Except. I I didn't really love his hover chair. I'm not gonna lie. Like, especially on the poster, like it looks really awkward on the poster, and I couldn't figure it out at first. And the reason is there's nothing behind his legs. There isn't. No, it's like he's got he's no he's got like leg rests. His 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 legs are sitting on like leg rests, but it's all empty space like under his ass and behind his legs. Oh, I you it know, was all connected. No, I, no, it's like he's it's like a floating chair basically, well, as right, opposed but I to. It was this- Floating seat. Right. I never noticed that it wasn't connected. Yeah, no, did I. no, no, no. It's sorry, I'm not phrasing this correctly. It's not that they're not connected. My point is, you think of the the cartoon Professor X. Well, yeah. His floating chair is well, like he, a he, box. He, you know, he looks like Christopher Pike. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. He's, he's got like a whole contraption that it's it's like a whole little floating platform that like flies around, as opposed to like the chair just sort of feels awkward. It feels like he should. Stand up at some point, you know. Oh, like, see, yes. I, don't know, I liked the chair. I thought it was fine. It looks I like was a chair. Just, I was just glad he was in a chair. I was gonna chair. say the box is dated, like. Yeah, but I kind of love that no. about it. I think it's not sitting on a Mac Classic. Like a weird yeah. mobile. Like, no, I like. <laughs> no, I want him in a Pope mobile. No, I thought it was sleek. I liked it. I don't know. Something about it, it just felt like weird. A chair. Like if you, but if you were actually gonna create a hover wheelchair, you would make it look exactly like the one in the movie. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, I the cleanest, most comfortable, best way of doing it. You wouldn't create, like, a giant square around somebody. You would create exactly what they had in the movie. I guess the thing that feels weird about it is that, I, you know, you think of... You gotta think of... Like, I think about it at rest, you know? Basically, you have the, the idea is that it would have to always be hovering. Because if you turned the hover function off, the chair would tip over. What? You would fall backwards. Well, like, if he got out of the chair, like, if he goes to sleep and he gets out of the chair and he turns the and chair it off. It just hover hovers next corner. to him. No, that's what I'm saying. The chair has to constantly or, be hovering. Or it would come to a rest on the ground and when he needed it again, it would start to hover again. Yeah, but it would fall over. It would be weird. It would just be, like, sitting no, on its side. You mean, no, like, for instance, on the a bicycle. Maybe it has a kickstand. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, now that I would be on board with. I would be no, on board with that I, chair having a kickstand. on the ground, like a flat chair. With no legs. No, but his he has things behind maybe, his legs. Maybe it's the like leg. Maybe he. It's maybe like the one leg, of these shapes. I, look, so I, I can't believe we're debating this. It's like an Ikea like swirly chair thing. It's fine. <laughs> maybe it all right. I mean, I'm just gonna end this because I can't believe we're talking about <laughs> it. Maybe maybe they developed in the future 
hinges so that the legs can go up and it'll <laughs> sit flat on the futuristic ground. Futuristic hover hinges. Yes, so that it, it can just angle up and it'll sit flat. I will I will live with that explanation. I'm glad because there's really nothing left to say about mm-hmm. this. So we have some new mutants here, both in the future and in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, did anybody, I mean, there are a bunch. Uh, does any, did any of them really pop for you guys? Well, mm-hmm. Colossus has always been my favorite. Yes. Because he's Colossus. And they gave him some stuff to do and here. And he actually had something to do for Considering once, that Daniel nice. Cudmore is not really, like, he wasn't established going into X2. He didn't really do any, he's never really popped in anything other than an X-Men movie that it it's nice that they brought him back, like, six years later or whatever, you know? Yeah. I just That's like the not... character of Colossus. Yeah. I always did. But there's no character to what he's doing this time. No. He there never was. He stands there and punches things. Yeah. That's, That's like, okay. Colossus no, does. but I'm saying, like, no, but uh, I was reading before this, like, people's various complaints about the movies so far. And one of their complaints was that Colossus has never had anything to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, he just sits around, yep. and he's big and he's strong, but yep. that's all he did in this movie. That's true, he but... He was yeah. big and he was strong, and he sat around, and he punched things. Yeah, but know, nobody in the future gets anything to do, like, plot-wise. Like, their no, whole existence in the future is just beating up Sentinels. I agree, but that's not... That's disagreeing with something I didn't say. Bart was saying he liked the character of Colossus. No, sorry. And I'm saying there is no character. No, Bart's speaking no, 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 no. classically. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is classically. I wasn't speaking favorably of this Colossus. I was speaking favorably of Colossus okay. as Colossus. You just seemed excited. I was excited that he was... I would think if you liked Colossus, you wouldn't be excited I, I was excited because of all the various mutants that they could have put in the future and given nothing to do. Yeah. I'm glad that he was at least around. Yeah. <laughs> That's glad that what I'm glad about. Exactly. Yeah, I'm glad that they picked him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because they picked some random mutants for this one. Oh, sure. Um, I don't know who the Human Torch guy was. Yes. Um, like Cinder, I think, was supposed I don't to be. Know yeah, that I'm really unclear on what Warpath's powers are. Uh, they seem to be observation or something. Racism. He could see them coming from... Well, yes, that too. He could see the Sentinels coming from a long ways away. That was like a... Yeah, Warpath tells us when they're coming, so... that doesn't make sense for his name. The yeah, only I thing know. I remember... He have something more fighting, and I don't know anything about him Warpath, as a character, generally. My All of my knowledge of Warpath comes from... When, when you were a kid, did you have any of those Fleer X-Men cards? No. They were X-Men trading cards. I believe you. Like I did not cards. have them, though. I had, I had a, a bunch of them. And I had one of Warpath, mm-hmm. on which he was already dead. <laughs> uh, it's like it just said it was like a picture of Warpath, and it said deceased at an angle. I like I had a few people who were just dead. That's hilarious. There was him. There was Longshot. Was dead. Um, I don't remember what his power specifically were, but I remember that he is a Native American, or supposed to be. Yep. Which is kind. His name is Warpath. And yeah. And to, this all over his face. Yep. this weekly racism brought to you by. Like, <laughs> This Week in Racism, brought to you by Smallpox Blankets. Yes. Oh my god. Anyway, so yeah. Warpath. Wiping out pesky minorities you don't want to deal with since 18-something or other. But Including I also, Colossus. I also didn't understand because they made it sound like he can see the Sentinels coming when they're days away. And that's how they've managed to avoid... No, 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 no. No, no, the other no. They send Bishop back in time a couple days to warn them that they're right. going to come to the thing. Oh, okay. Warpath sees them coming before, right as an attack is happening. Like okay. he can see them coming from a couple miles and say, "Oh, they're about well, no, to be that's on what us." I was about to say, so that she can send Bishop back. See them ten miles. Yeah, yeah. Away or no, she, okay, so then he gives them the early warning Bishop to send back. Bishop back. Exactly. Okay, yeah. I understand. I'm with you now. Um, see, it was also quick. All these new mutants that I'm not right? familiar with in general. But I liked Blink. Her like portals. Like I think they did a lot of really fun stuff. Yeah, with that the was portals, cool. sending people through in different directions and. Uh, like she, at one point she was opening up. Sorry. No, I know who you're talking about, and I heard them call her Blink, but I thought she, what? was she not meant to be Scarlet Witch? 
No. no. Who was meant to be Scarlet no Witch? No one. She's not in that movie. That? She's I thought they movie. had both Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. No, they just... They could have used both. They, cho- they only they used chose Quicksilver. They chose only... Okay. Yeah. Because, again... Remember, that's... there was a trivia question that I asked you guys. And you were like, wait, but she, they're in both movies. And I was like, no, he's only in... I remember that. I was she's not movie. in both movies. He's oh, in both okay. movies. She's not in both this. movies. No, I was confused just because, like, I'm not super familiar. I know Scarlet Witch is, like, telekinetic, but I thought she also had something else... And so when she was, like, throwing around portals, I was like, maybe that's something Scarlet Witch can do. Uh, I don't know. And Scarlet for some Witch. reason, I really thought Saoirse Ronan had been cast as Scarlet Witch. No. Uh, Clearly, I've not been paying attention. No, Scarlet Witch, uh, she can affect probability is her yeah. weird thing. So she can, like, make things more likely to happen, basically, or okay. less likely to happen. No, I was very confused by that. Um, no, and she... I was also very confused just because, like, in this movie... This Saoirse Ronan exists in the future, and Quicksilver exists in the past. And I was like, "Wait, how does that work? Aren't yeah. they supposed to be well, twins?" That's not Saoirse very... Ronan. Blink was not Saoirse Ronan. I was just a person I'm I didn't know. I'm not crazy, right? Saoirse Ronan at one point was cast in these movies. I feel like there was talk about it, but Saoirse then they didn't Ronan. do that. Maybe she was going to be Scarlet Witch, and they cut her entirely. Who was that actress then? Because oh, I, yeah. in my brain, I was like, that's Saoirse Ronan, and my brain never argued with no. me. No, Bing Bing Fan is her name. Oh, okay, wow. Her name a... is Bing Bing. In my defense, say, she was very in Asian. my defense, there's a lot of makeup on her face. I was going to say, a she lot. was totally well, Asian. Well, no, what's funny is right. when her name oh. came up, when... <laughs> also in racism when this week. When her name... Uh, no, but there's a lot... Totes Asian, there guys. There's a lot of makeup on her face. <laughs> when her name came up in the credits, because I recognized her name from other things and so i was like who did she play yes i don't remember her let's that just cut her. all this out no are you kidding this is gold I'm not this is podcasting gold I'm not subscribed. that opening... solves a lot of my confusion though because when they called her blink i was like what's happening i don't understand <laughs> i should have read more about this before it came out uh no i like i love like they like, she's opening portals um and, and they were very cool. They I were paid cool. that much attention. No, I really like the I really like the way that they use their their different powers in in combat. Blinks is really fun. She opens portals and like as a sentinel is going to blast her. She opens a portal and then open and blasts another sentinel yes. somewhere else. Which she they throw Colossus through or Colossus jumps through the portal and then falls down and then comes out sideways. Like that is really clever and awesome. Uh, I really, I really dug that move particularly. Speaking of dead mutants, we were talking about dead mutants. Uh, I really liked the uh, the background, the you know what what happened be, uh, in the past between First Class and Days Future Past between you know sixty two and seventy three. I think they said um, like all of all of the other characters from First Class oh, that yeah, are not around, died. and they both yeah they were all they were all killed. They were all killed by Bolivar Trafkin like experimentation, and you get all of these really nice like, when they go through all the autopsy photos like. That that's a killer, man. Uh, and then and then when uh, uh, Magneto gets his helmet back, and there's like one of Angel's wings is off to the side, and it's that's good stuff, man. I agree. So we get some some new mutants in the past too. Quicksilver, who I was I think really we're... hesitant about going into this. You want to get into that now, or you want to know some of the other guys first? I, well, no, I want to get into Quicksilver because okay. I was really pretty nervous about him going in, and he. Is awesome because he was Todd. Yeah, well, yes, he's Todd from fucking Kickass, which is great. Uh, as we mentioned way back in one of the early podcasts, yep. that you know this uh, Evan Peters who played the th- you know second banana friend in Kickass is playing the same character that Aaron Taylor Johnson will be playing in uh, in Avengers Two, uh, both playing Quicksilver. So um, you know we got a little taste of Quicksilver at the end of uh, Cap. 
Uh, we got to see just a little bit of him bouncing around his cell at super speed. Um, and this, ver- you know, I was a little worried about it, but I actually loved the way oh, that they great. did the... I, I loved, I mean, he's good. He's got a lot of personality. He's he's really fun. But I really like the way that they executed the, the super speed here, which was to, instead of doing a lot of blurring and, like you know, zigzagging, it was like... Tron trails? Right, exactly. Instead of a lot of vapor trails, essentially, they did. They went the opposite way, and they just slow everything down around him. They keep him at normal speed, and they slow everything else down. Yeah. Which, certainly, we've seen before, but, man, he has so much fun with it. Like, you could tell that, like, he digs what... Like, he digs his power, because he's very young, so... You know, in that great scene in the kitchen, not only does he save everybody and, like, incapacitate all the guards, but he does so in a really hilarious manner. Like, he takes the time, like, poke one in the face, like, just poke one in the cheek and, like, taste some soup while he's going by and put on a good tune while he's doing stuff. The headphones thing felt weird. Like, just in looking at pictures of him, you were like... Uh, okay, I guess, but like seeing that execution of uh, like, oh no, he everything goes slow. So to him, even though it's like a you know a split second to him, it's like three minutes. It's like a, a full song length. So yeah, let me like listen to a tune while I fuck around with shit floating in the sky. Although I have to wonder if the physics of that would hold up. Wouldn't the tape be playing at a slower speed? It Wouldn't would, you it think would, that? it would go all Dopplery? Yeah, right. Probably. probably. Yeah, I would think so. Well. If he can make someone travel with him, like when he grabs Magneto, they yeah. travel at super speed together. True. So you could then argue that anything he has is moving at his speed. I guess so. I suppose that's I right. I mean, that'd burn the tape straight through, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Now, now, now that's all I'm going to think about for the rest of the night, is whether or not, whether or not Quicksilver's cassette player moves at the same relative speed as him. Is it? What are the rules of relativity for super... Probably an fast cassette Maybe tapes. They're you know it, buffered against friction. That's is true. It, is, is it hard being you? It might be. <laughs> it's a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible burden. Uh, but yeah, no, I, don't... I liked him, and I liked Evan Peters more than I thought. Oh, I thought I you was. meant Daly. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him anymore. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, there have been too many of these now. These podcasts. Yeah, since great. Starting, you know. Awesome. Um, I think that if he had been in the whole movie or in more of the movie, I would have tired of him really quickly. Yes. Like, his kind of, like, sass and snarkiness is, like, funny for the two scenes he's in. But then beyond that, I would have been like, you are so annoying. Please stop talking. And then the one thing that really bothered about me was his entire, like, costuming and makeup. Like, I get it. You're never saying the word Quicksilver, but I know that he's Quicksilver. And I know because you have decked him out in spray-painted silver from head to toe. That's true. Everything he touches is silver. His hair is silver. His clothes are silver. His headphones are silver. Everything is silver. And it was ridiculous. So you're saying it was not subtle, is what you were it, saying. It, it, it was not. It lacked subtlety. It lacked subtlety. You know, it had enough subtlety, though. Hmm. So you can manipulate metal? My mom knew a guy like yes! that. That's a great I throwaway leaned, I gag. I leaned over and hit Daly. I was like, ha ha ha. That's a great My throwaway mom gag. Knew someone who could do love, that once. Love that bit. That was great. Um, no, see, that's funny that I find it interesting because I actually was sad to see him go. When they, like, ditch him very early on, I was like, oh, really? Maybe it's because I was enjoying him so much. Like, even though, yes, you're absolutely right. His costuming is atrocious. Um, but, but yeah, he, Evan Peters makes that part work really well. And the effects are great. 
as yeah. well. Like, and that that's a that's a really good fun use of the 3D. I feel like. Oh yeah. Um, you know, because all you got all that stuff floating in in space, so you get some scope and uh, and some depth there. I also um, like that it showed a nice like proactiveness on his part because that situation was about to get incredibly dire. Yeah. Like, Charles couldn't do anything to stop it. Eric was just about to go berserker. And so you kind of wonder, like, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? Is this going to, like, is Charles magically going to get his powers back? Or what's going to happen? And then, no, like, he just sees the situation and is like, oh, I can fix this. Yeah. And goes and does it, which, like, beforehand he had been introduced as this just, like, punk kid who likes to use his speed to steal stuff and he's only there because you know like a proto hacker he thinks it would be cool to say he broke into the pentagon right but you don't think he's actually gonna like proactively do anything to advance the situation he's just gonna do what he was told and then right. leave and so it's like oh look he's doing things that's awesome he's taking charge and that's the reason i was really i was like a little disappointed that they that they ditched him so quickly because he was clearly someone who like was up for it you know yeah. like he could he proved his his usefulness he proved his that he that he like wanted to be there basically that wasn't just like yeah i'm in pentagon and now i'm gonna fuck around and i don't really care about whatever you got going on like no like he he had a role to play and it felt like he he felt like too useful of an asset to just say okay bye thanks for taking care of my car but all the other new mutants are in it very briefly that it would have been strange for them to take on this new mutant and then carry him through for the rest of the movie that's true Uh, yeah even some of the old players only got two seconds like Havoc if like Havoc had only gotten like that one two minute scene and then you have Quicksilver through the whole movie I would have been like what the hell I liked Havoc yeah no, I, yeah, I would have been. I would have liked to see Havoc stick around a little bit longer too. Um, uh, I was okay not seeing Toad stick around because that was a weird version of Toad or Spike. Yeah. Um, although I, you know, you know what I really did or, like or, or the six stick guy. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I was going to say. The six stick guy I liked because uh, you, I don't know if you caught it, but in the very beginning. Uh, you see the old man version of yes. him being marched to the camp. He's yes. got the same face tattoo. Yes, I did um, notice that. So I love, I liked that. That that felt like a nice little full circle. They didn't have to beat you over the head with it, but it was like, oh, hey, that's the same guy, and, and it was great. You know what I liked a lot? What did you like a lot? I liked how, and this was true of First Class as well, mm-hmm. I like how they're willing to make people badass in a way that they never did. Um, in the first three. Yeah. I mean... Such the, as? Such as in first class, you've got Magneto going around the... Gl- gl- it's a slasher film at the yeah. beginning. He's just killing everyone. Yeah. And in this one, again, Mystique, total badass in yep. this one. She's just killing every... Well... Well, no, okay, so that's the thing. That was one of the things... They make such a big deal about... Incapacitating yeah, everyone. They make such a big deal about, like, it's the first time she killed someone. And right. this is, like... That it... I mean, it... They want, I feel like they were trying to create this sort of subplot, subtext of, like, that the whole thing is basically, like, the battle for Mystique's soul, essentially. Right. Yeah. But instead, it just, after a while, it just became, like, a repetition of, like, oh, she's gonna kill this guy? Nope, she's not gonna kill this guy. She can't kill this random, uh, you know, Vietnamese soldier guy because... She hasn't killed anybody yet. Right. Like it just became this like, oh yes, we get it. She doesn't kill people, and when she kills someone, it'll be a big deal. Like I just got bored with that, that after a while. That's true, but at the same time, she did beat the shit out of the whole. Oh no, no, a lot of she's great. No, no, no. Like she's fantastic. It just, it just felt like clunky plotting for some reason. Yeah, if, yeah. I mean, for that reason, it did. But then the same thing with with I mean, Fastbender's Magneto. Yeah, is 
way more dangerous than McKellen's ever was. Yeah. Well, and you know what? It's interesting because we were talking about this watching the first three that um, the sort of scope of their powers and what they can and can't do is like wildly inconsistent. Like in the first movie, you know, Ian McKellen, uh, Magneto's got the mutant changing, the the machine that turns humans into mutants. And it's, he has to stand on the platform and make metal rings spin really fast. And it almost kills him, which is why he needs Rogue to do it so that it doesn't kill him. Yeah. Two movies later, he picks up half the Golden Gate Bridge and yeah. flies it across the sky. In this one, he picks up RFK Stadium yeah. and, and drops it around the White can House. I just say that when we were rewatching X3 and the whole Golden Gate Bridge thing was happening, <laughs> I leaned over to Daly and I was like, God, Magneto is such a diva. I was like, you know there had to be an easier way to get to Alcatraz Island, but no, no. He's got to pick up the entire Golden Gate Bridge and just move it over so that he can, like, strut across it and make an entrance. And so then in the middle of this movie, when he's picked up the stadium and is carrying it over to the White House, I just leaned over to Daly and went, Diva! (laughs) (laughs) Just has to make a frickin' entrance. Can't do anything simply. He's a full-tilt diva. (laughs) Well, look, wouldn't you be diva? And and I love this, but he's got... Because both in the future and in the past, he's got his his cape, which is short on one side and long on the other and kind of curves over his shoulder. Yeah, it's a total diva cape. I love it. It's funny because now that you just said he's a full-tilt diva, which obviously made me think of Loki, and I was saying, like, it is... Like Loki, because, and, you know, let's just get to this now. This was one of my biggest problems with the with the movie plot-wise, and you were saying, mm. and this is all my own expectations and, like, being thwarted. It's not the movie's fault, necessarily. You were saying that in the cartoon it was Mystique, so, you know, that's probably as a gambit. And so yeah. that's probably why they kept going down this whole thing with Mystique, part of it anyway, or maybe mm-hmm. it's because of Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know. <laughs> but... What I really thought, and maybe it's my own fault, because certain people are just villains, and they're always going to be villains, and when you expect them not to be, they're still going to be villains, and that's the way Loki is. You know, like, people all in these movies, in the Marvel movies, people have, like, you always think there's going to be this moment where Loki decides to do the right thing, and there never is, Mm -hmm. and, like, he uses that to his advantage. Um, I really thought when Magneto dropped down the stadium... And even while he's giving his whole speech about, like, now it's our turn and look what we can do to you and you did this to destroy us, I really thought he was going to flip and be like, I thought it was all a ruse. Yeah. Designed to show his mercy. I kind of thought so, too. designed to show his Mm. empathy because he really seemed like he got it, maybe, especially when he stopped Raven, even though he then went and tried to kill her. Um, I really thought he was going to turn and just be like, I can do all those things because I have these powers. So I get why you fear me. But look, I'm not going to because I can also show humanity and empathy and I can show you a different path. And I really thought that's how it was going to go, that he was going to save Mystique by doing it himself, by showing them the different path himself. And I especially thought that because at the same time, um, Ian McKellen's version of Magneto is dying in the future yeah. and talking about how he wishes he had more moments with Charles. And so I I thought maybe we were going to get a kind of redeemed Magneto who kind of got it. And not that I don't want to see Magneto be evil because he's so good at it, but I really thought that's where it was going to go. No, I kind of thought and the so same thing as well. I was so disappointed. 
disappointed and I was like, but I love the Magneto Charles relationship so much more than the Mystique Charles relationship. I know. I yeah. don't care about Mystique as much. I care about Magneto and that would have been awesome. I agree. I, I absolutely agree, in fact. I think that's a huge missed opportunity. Exactly. Like, also been a... Maybe it's not true to the comics and maybe they worried about that, but to the world they have created, which has hinged on Magneto and Charles from day one, yeah. that would have been amazing. It also would have been a good way to get into Magneto's bigger vision, which was always just separate. Yeah. Just, just separate. Like, just never mind better, like, the whole well, war the thing. he does seem pretty bent on killing all the humans. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They could have used that as a plot device to get him to, we yeah. just need to be separate, and yeah. then the whole asteroid thing. No, I mean, I think, I think... You're right. The you know the most compelling thing about these movies is the the relationship between Charles uh, and and Magneto, and you can tell, especially in that that scene on the plane between where Charles and Magneto are arguing, and like, holy shit, those two actors are just incredible. Yeah. Like, it's a stunning example of. Just how good these movies can be when you bring in talent of the level of Fassbender and McAvoy. And, like, McAvoy blew me away oh, in this movie. I've, I've, al al yeah. I've always loved James yeah. McAvoy. I've always thought he's amazing in anything I've seen him. He's especially amazing in this. He astounded me. I think he's incredible. I mean, like, and it's it takes a lot, I think, to upstage... Patrick Stewart. Well, you know, what I was gonna say playing was, the same character. It's so, and like, I'm a little bit biased just because, like, obviously they're amazing in the X Men, but we did just recently see Stewart and McAllen yeah. do Waiting for Godot in No Man's Land yeah. in New York and left with, like, even more of an appreciation for them than we did before. Right. And so it's like, it, it really says something about McAvoy and Fassbender and their talent and, you know, the brilliance of the casting people that you started this series. With Stuart and McKellen, who are an unstoppable duo. Right. And then you bring in McAvoy and Fassbender, who are just as good. Right. Like, you wouldn't think that'd be possible. You see, me, that's the highest praise that I can give those two, is that I believe, just with the chemistry that they have, and yeah. their acting ability, that I believe, I really that do believe, that up. they could grow yeah. up and become Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And that, I mean, you, that's... And, you know, again, they're like, I think there was a lot of, I was a little hesitant coming in, uh, we watched an interview with McAvoy the other day. Where he was talking about, uh, well, you know, you have Patrick Stewart who's very uh, sort of, you know, serene and calm and intellectual and the father figure. And so in this movie we decided let's take the character as far away from that as we possibly yeah. can. He's like, I can't go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Stewart, so let's just make my Xavier right. the exact opposite of his Xavier. And I got really worried about it. I was like, oh, okay, so we're gonna get, like, drunk, like, drug-addled, like, young, angry Xavier. Like, that could be really tiresome really quickly, and, like, that could go over the top. Like, if, if, if that doesn't land right, like, that's gonna, like, spoil the whole rest of the movie but no McAvoy just nails it because he McAvoy just nails subtle. it like McAvoy I've never seen him do anything over the top yeah he's he, so much of his acting is in his face and his eyes and his reactions to people and he's so quiet and it works so well for him yeah um, no yeah he 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 just astounded me and you're right you want to see more of more of young you want to see the three more movies of young Charles and young Magneto you know 
bringing people together and, and tracking mutants and doing whatever. I mean, like, yeah, they have a sort of adversarial relationship. Mm. But even when we were watching uh, X3 and they show the two of them getting out of the car to recruit Jean Grey as, as a little girl, like, you're like, oh, man, like, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Stuff. I want to see the two of them, like, working the, together. Is, that's what I said to Daly is one of the continuity problems is that it's been established that Magneto and Charles formed the school together. And yet at the end of X-Men First Class, they break up, like, completely at the end of that movie and go their separate ways. And so I was like, wait, but then how do they make the school together? Like, well, which continuity are we following? I the think one where they're could, friends or the one where they aren't? I think you could make an argument in that case that, you know, they found, they brought the first group of people together and trained at Xavier's house, which is what becomes the school. Like, I think you could you could have made the argument that that's... There would have been no older them going to go see Jean Grey. No, 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 that's true. I'm just saying, like, I think you could have made the argument that them finding all of those people in the 60s, that is them found, quote, founding the I know, school. I'm just saying, it would have been nice to, this movie could have been a nice bridge to getting yeah. them back together. So we are, but okay, so we are going to get, uh, the next movie is Apocalypse, and uh, that's going to be set in the 80s. So, uh, they're really oh, sort of it? intent on this sort of playing with the different times time eras which I love I think that's I mean I think that's a lot of fun um, so we're gonna we're gonna jump in time a little bit again um, and so again like so who who knows what yeah. their relationship will be by then you know if we're gonna go to the 80s and again if we're assuming Wolverine never undergoes experimentation with Stryker. Which I don't know if we can safely do that. Yeah, I don't no, know about that either. I don't either. Who knows what Mystique actually did with Stryker in yeah, order to take his place. That, that felt like a have, weird... That was so note. weird. Yeah, that was I thought that's how they were going to bring him back down his path. Is like, okay, well now Stryker, who was like at Trask's elbow, still doesn't trust the mutants, so now he takes Wolverine, and now Wolverine goes down the path yeah, that we all know, and, and that right. we all understand, right. and that we don't need to have repeated for us. Well... But then when that when it turned out that Stryker was Mystique, I was like, wait, so does he not go with Stryker? Is Stryker going to come later? Is he never going to get adamantium now? Are we completely changing, like, who Wolverine I mean, is that, and what yeah, his journey has been? That changes a hell of a lot of things. Yeah, so here's, well, here's the interesting thing. Here, here's the thing that I think is very interesting. Um, so we're getting, uh, we're going to get this Apocalypse movie set in the 80s. But we're also going to get, uh, you know, they're, they're really intent on ex- expanding out these X-Men, you know, the X-Men franchise. Um, so they've been, they're already talking about, uh, they're, they're definitely doing another Wolverine movie. Are they really? Yeah. They're definitely going to do another Wolverine movie. For a second, movie. I honestly thought he was going to die. And I was like, wow, are they like putting Wolverine to bed? Is yeah. Hugh Jackman done? Are they really just going to drown him and kill him? No. They've got another Wolverine movie coming. They've talked about maybe doing a Mystique spinoff, mostly because, hey, you've got Jennifer Lawrence. Why not give her her own movie? Um, and they just signed Channing Tatum to do a Gambit movie. So the question... Horrifying. Yeah, well, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but now, you know, this now becomes the question is... Where and how do you set all of these different movies, okay? Because now, you know, you jump to the very end of the movie in which, you know, the big plan worked and in the future everybody's okay, including Jean Grey and Cyclops and, and you've got we got a little bit of Kelsey Grammer Beast at the end, which yeah. I love. That was great. Yep. And let me just say the beast young beast makeup is so much better than it was in first class. Oh yeah. Oh my god, it's so it's worlds better. It's like night and day. Um as is uh Iceman when Iceman goes like full on Iceman. Yeah. Uh like the one time he does it at the end of X3, like man, that's rough. You look at it now it's like, "Oh god, that it, it hurts." But he looks he looks pretty good in the new one. 
Um, I'm gonna say the little tour through the sentinel's body looked like shit. I don't know why it looked like shit, but it totally did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That was rough. Um, but anyway, so you've, we've got all of these other X-Men movies coming. We've fixed the future. Maybe. Everybody's still alive. So, so the question now becomes, what do you do with the rest of these movies now? You've essentially, you've doubled down on the original cast, you know? But you're, there's no way they're going to make more no. movies with Halle Berry and no. James Marsden and Famke Jan. Like, th- that's not going to happen. No. So that means they've basically excluded out all of those characters in, like, their grown-up adult form. So, on the yeah. one hand, that means that, like, you can't make movies with an adult Cyclops or Jean Grey or Storm unless you're going to start recasting them, which, you know, the whole fact that this movie exists seems to imply that they have no interest in recasting those parts. Right. Unless they go the Star Trek route, which is, well, no, we've fixed their future... But now their whole future is, like, they basically, they've axed out. X1, 2, and 3, like, and even a lot of uh, the Wolf and even a lot of the Wolverine movies, like, those don't happen anymore, essentially, you know? I guess. The two Wolverine movies, none of those movies have, like, are, are canon anymore. They've basically been wiped out of the timeline. Which means you can now do young Cyclops. You can do, you know, James McAvoy finding a young Cyclops and finding a young Jean Grey. You're going to have to remind me because I haven't seen the Wolverine movies in a while. But a lot of the first Wolverine movie takes place a long, long, long time ago. Like hundreds of years ago. No. The beginning is, yeah, like starts in like 1890-something when he's a kid. There's a montage at the beginning that sees him fighting in all All the the American wars. wars, But uh, the majority of the action takes place in the late 70s, uh, 1970, well, 1973 and 1979, uh, because uh, he gets recruited into their little army unit in 73, and then yeah. it cuts six years, and that's when the rest of the action happens, and you know it's 79 because it's Three Mile Island. It ends on Three Mile Island with the yeah. meltdown on Three Mile Island, and okay. that was 79. When? So that's all, af- this is all 73, so that means everything in the wo- But see, then that would have gone beautifully if real Stryker had taken Logan at the end of this movie. Right. Then that all would have meshed perfectly. When, I, like, I can't remember, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, and I'm not going to change that Yeah, now. you shouldn't. Um, but, if memory serves, when he's fighting all those wars at the beginning, he's yeah. bone claws. Yes. Yep. No adamantium. Yes. And then... He doesn't get the adamantium until 79 in, in Wolverine X. Or according to Origins Wolverine, he gets the adamantium in 79. In 79? Yes. Okay. Hmm. So that does fit in with this movie. You know, They're gonna just mathematically. Why the hell did they do that at the end? That was okay. terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I can't idea. figure out that mystique They really are trying to say that everything... After seventy three, now is different. No, I mean, no, I think they absolutely are. I, I mean, I don't. I think the mystique tag near the end is dumb because I don't understand where you want to go with that. Like, well, you're exactly. gonna ha- keep Wolverine around and keep Hugh Jackman around in you know these He's earlier movies. Have bone claws now, yeah. and he has never had adamantium. Yeah, I know. you can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, that. no, that's that's not gonna happen. But the. But yeah, no, they've they've basically erased all of the other movies yeah. from from this continuity. So I mean, in a way, it's very freeing, you know, because now you can tell whatever stories you want, and you're really not beholden to any like- of the previous movies. But you'd also means that you anything you see 
has to eventually end with everybody, everyone being over. Five. Yeah, exactly. We do like you do sort of see where everybody ends up a little bit. So you do have to see like they can't have a new Kitty Pride, you know, like you right. can't have a new site, a new uh, Colossus. But I like that they did a sneak attack reboot. <laughs> like yeah, there have yeah. already been so many X Men movies, but. I don't feel like anyone thought there was going to be a reboot of the X-Men anytime soon because there have been so many and all very recently. So yeah, it all yeah. seemed like they were meant to be in the same sort. It was like very interesting. So it's like, oh yeah, First Class is definitely a prequel, but then they announced Days of Future Past and it's like, oh cool, they're all going to come colliding together. Yeah. And then they sneak attack rebooted the whole thing. Yeah. It was just like, wait, what? Days of what? Future Past. What? <laughs> Days of Future Past is essentially the first act of J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie, but a whole movie. It's a whole movie about, you know, the things that happen off screen in J.J.'s movie. Yeah. Basically. Um, but I'm, but I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I want to see, like, you know, I want to see young Cyclops, and they, you know, he doesn't have to be James Marsden, obviously, he's not no. going to be James Marsden, but you can also redefine these characters a little bit now, you know? Well, no, like, but I think we that didn't... would be interesting, and then they can grow up as the new actors. I don't feel beholden to, like, Famke Jansen, you know? Like, if they want to introduce a new Jean Grey as slightly younger, and then just follow through with that actress, I'm okay with that. I don't right. Care. Well, no, 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 I'm just saying that, like, and there, okay, so this, if Apocalypse is going to be set in the 80s, mm-hmm. Uh, that if they were to follow suit and if they were to continue on, you, your next movie, if they get enough there, can keep these guys around for a fourth movie, then we're in the 90s. Um, and, you know, X-Men was 2000. Yep. The first X-Men movie came out in 2000. So, like, you're very quickly approaching the point where you're like, well, just age-wise, mathematically, like, that should be Famke Jansen at this point, you know? Like, that yeah. should be James yeah, Marsters, you know? I don't think anyone cares about no, that, Mar- necessarily. Marsden. Like, I was, I was Did gonna, I say Marsters? Yeah. Jesus. As soon as you... I know you love Spike. Um, as soon as you introduce the new actors as the younger versions, I think you're fine. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I like, guess. people then follow through with the new continuity. You also have to remember there are going to be a lot of people watching these movies who have never seen the first ones. Yeah. But I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, but I guess what my thought is, like, it means that you can't do, you have to do all period movies, though. You can't have no. movies set in modern time, in the modern era, with any of those characters, without bringing yeah. those actors back. You can. People aren't dumb. Well, I mean, they would have. To. Well, no, but that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh, they're gonna have to. So. They have to start recasting. Either the the one person, recast. The only oh, no, person they really recast. can't recast is is Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Exactly. He's really the only one. Recast um, slightly younger ones now, and then you start following it through with the actors you've got in this new cast, and people will be on board, and people will understand. People aren't dumb. Yeah. Like, I mean, they recast characters on TV shows all the time. No, I get that. I guess it just feels weird that, you know... They did it with Dumbledore. Nobody was confused. Well, yeah, but a well, guy died there. I'm you know? But, no, I'm just saying, I think it feels weird, you know, if you've, you make it first class, which is, hey, some of these characters younger and it's set in the past, like, why not just let that serve as your reboot? The Granted, Days of Future Past is, you know, it's a great story and like obviously you know it makes sense that they want to tell that story um and especially if you have you know access to these actors who have already made an impression in those in those in those roles who are awesome yeah exactly but you know if you've got patrick stewart and ian mckellen around fucking use them right right but i mean i guess it just feels like like if you were going to reboot the whole franchise if you're making a essentially a like prequel that is not you know first class was not terribly beholden to the continuity of singers movies in the first place like 
I, I guess I just don't understand why you wouldn't just follow that as your new path as opposed to, well, let's tie it all back to those other movies so that it really it's all still the same, but now it's also kind no, of different, you know? it's a reboot, and people understand what a reboot means. And if you were going to tell the exact same stories, then yes, it would be weird that you weren't seeing the same people do it, but it would also be weird to do the exact same movies. I feel like at this point, if you're going to start carrying things through from, like, 73 with, like, the world of 73 and the people of 73, and you want to start to introduce people like Cyclops and whatever, especially because it ended with Wolverine being like, remember these names. Yeah. Jean Grey, Cyclops, I forget, Storm. Yeah. Um, go find them. Which I thought was hilarious, and... by the way. Sorry, I don't interrupt you. <laughs> that it was Storm. Jean Grey, Scott, and, and Storm. Storm. Oh, see, I don't know if he said <laughs> yeah. Scott or if he said Cyclops. I couldn't remember. But, like, he's gonna... So now, feasibly, the next movies could pick up in part with Xavier having gone out and found them or going to find them yeah. depending on where they pick it up and I kind of expect that's what we're going to get I, yeah. rebooted and now you can do whatever because like it's different adventures it's the same way they can reboot Spider-Man and Batman and stuff you know what it's I mean? different adventures well yeah but that's what but that's my point though is that like I agree I mean that's what we're going to get we're going to get different you know different stories with different people playing these parts but it just feels like yeah when you do Spider-Man, when they say, okay, we're going to retell his origin story and we're going to like restart the whole thing, um, you do a different actor and you don't have a, you don't then make the third movie like, oh, but Tobey Maguire is future Spider-Man and we're going to try and make Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield all really the same guy. And like, that's what this movie is doing is trying to like, just so you know, we're going to make sure that you all are aware that James McAvoy is Patrick Stewart. And it's not just that they both play the same character, but they are literally the same guy. Oh, but he will grow into him. See, at here's some the thing. distant point in the future that we are not going to see, but we can make the connection in our brains. No, see, I know, I understand. I, we, I get that. Okay, the thing, we don't know. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know that this <laughs> is a reboot. We don't know that this is a sneak attack reboot. We don't know what I mean, continuity is. I think that's a pretty is. strong I mean, implication. If X Men Apocalypse is going to be in the 80s, which I did not know, yeah. that's a sneak attack reboot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I mean, yeah, I mean, I. Like I said, if you're really going to jump a decade for every movie, and I mean, at the same time, you do get the, uh, you know, you do get the option there that, I mean, and that's always been the, you know, the great strength of X-Men that has never really been realized is that you, there are so many different characters that you don't need to have the same group in every movie. You know, you really, you need the Professor and probably Magneto. Like, at this point, you need him because everybody loves him, but, you know, you could do an X-Men movie without Magneto, Um there are other villains that they could base off against. Like Apocalypse? Um, yeah, exactly, like Apocalypse. So, I mean, everybody else, though, can sort of come and go, you know? Like, you don't need to have everybody back. You could do a, the, you know, a third movie with Mystique and with Beast and, you know, maybe in Havoc or whoever, and then have them, you know, find, you know, young Cyclops and young Jean Grey and so on. And then, yeah, you can now run with another a new set of X-Men as long as you keep the professor around. If you they want to do all these spin-off movies, so that means is all of the all of these spin-off movies have to be like period movies or they have to ignore all of those characters because because they're unless they want to, unless they're going to get Halle Berry back because they want to have Storm and you know show up in a Gambit movie or whatever like you can't use any of those characters in the modern day now 
without having to bring those actors back because we've seen them all in the future and, and they're all still those same actors, you know? Like, they could have just rebooted it and then you could have a, a spin-off movie, a Gambit movie or a, or a Mystique movie or any movie set in the future or the present or any other time and bring in a new Cyclops or a new, uh, you know, Jean Grey and it doesn't, and it doesn't matter, basically, yes. because they've erased everything. You know what I want to see? I want to see them bring in Cyclops via Havoc. That's what I yeah. want to see. Like, I, I don't mean, know why they didn't do that earlier. They laid yeah. that groundwork. I mean, certainly. they're brothers. They're brothers. Here's a question that I have. What was JFK's mutation? I yeah. Wonder? I want to know what JFK's mutant power was. That, like, I could... There's just like a million short stories there about JFK's mutant power, and I want to I want to know sure all of them. Fanfic. Yes, there there will be there will be soon. There will be now. Yeah, I was gonna say building space rockets. Yeah, there we go. I think it's that time. Uh, time for oh, our gosh. recurring segment, uh, Heart of the Ghostbusters. Who is the heart of the Ghostbusters? I say Charles Xavier. Do I have to pick one? Yes, you Damn. have to pick a Charles Xavier. Absolutely. McAvoy Xavier. You do love the protagonists. So? They're supposed to. They're the, like, thing that's supposed to get you interested in the movie and make true. you care. That is true. I I mean, we always go for the ancillary guys. Yeah, I don't do. know why. We yeah, always we go do. for the ancillary characters. Bartholomew? Kelsey Grammer Beast. Kelsey Grammer Beast! I was debating Quicksilver, but I think he'd get annoying. Oh, yeah, he gets so annoying. So. You give that kid alcohol? Jesus. Yeah. Well, he might slow him down a little bit, actually. Probably not. He probably metabolizes things super fast. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, no, Kelsey Grammer Beast. Kelsey Grammer Beast. I mean, I guess either Beast, really. Yeah. No, both Beasts are good. I like, I like, I like Nicholas Holt as Beast. I actually really like that, uh, you know, so, you know, first class, they spent a lot of time on this sort of romance between him and Mystique, and I like that in this movie, it was all just sort of background subtext. Yeah. Like, like the way see, he looks at her yeah, and why exactly. he's so pained but by it's, what's happening. Yeah, but it's yeah. never like a plot point. It's never yeah. like him being angry at Magneto because he stole his girl, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just sort of this lovesick puppy forlornness that sort of is hanging in the edges of the, of the but scene, it, But you know? it also, like, the way you worded it, I know it was just like a thing you tossed off right now, but like, it's not lovelorn puppy, you know? It's very, like, he's disappointed, and he's upset, and yeah. he's hurt, and, like, this isn't the person he knew, you know? But I, I, I don't think he's, like, pining after Oh, no, 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 anything, no, that's exactly my point. Which is really nice, you know? No. It's just, like, he can't believe she turned out to be this person. Like, this person that he loved could turn out to go so wrong. Yeah. That's exactly my point, is that he does not spend the movie pining after her. Right. That it's just sort of, like, you get a look here and there, where so you, you understand, you know... Why, why he feels like what he's feeling in those scenes mm-hmm. but it's not it doesn't become a plot point that he's like oh I'm still in love with you and you know so I was all set and ready to go with Quicksilver um, as my heart of the Ghostbusters as um, was I but uh, you know what I'm also going to make an about face here and you know who I'm going to go with well, let, me, let me think if I can guess you are going to go with Warpath no, you're not going with Warpath. You could talk about injustices of races over. <laughs> I know what you're going to do. Trask. Yes! Bolivar okay. Trask! Dude, I assumed you were going to pick Trask this whole time. Like, well, how are you going to get out of this without picking Peter Dinklage? There's no other way. Dinklage is so great. That's another great yeah, example of... No, no, no. See, this is the thing. I think that Dinklage elevates the role of Trask beyond just, like, mustache-twirling villain. Like, I... As written, I couldn't help but notice his right, his Trask speaking voice is oddly similar to his Tyrion speaking voice, and I was like, hmm. "Oh, you mean his like when he gives a speech like that?" Yes, kind of thing? he's like, 
and because I've always had this problem with his Tyrion speaking voice, it sounds like just posh fancy speaking as opposed to any kind of accent whatsoever. And so I felt the same way with this, like whenever he's giving like a rousing speech against the mutants, suddenly everything got very rounded and very, very ornate and everything. <laughs> I was like, all right, Tyrion. And it was driving me crazy. Oh, see, I didn't feel that at all. Uh, I, I thought he was... I don't watch that shit. Yeah, you don't watch Game of Thrones, yeah. Uh, no, I thought, I, I actually thought it was it was great. Like, I thought I thought it felt very separate from Tyrion. Um and yet, no, I mean, like I said, as as written, he could have very easily just been a really broad, I hate all mutants, and I'm going to destroy them, and they're the enemy, and blah, blah, I mean, like, half of his dialogue is, like, literally ranting about how they're the enemy, and they're going to destroy humanity, but, you know, what he does very smartly is Dinklage brings the the scientist element to it. So that you get the sense that, like, even though, yes, he's got his heart set on, like, destroying all the mutants and protect, you know... There's a sense of that he does have like legitimate scientific curiosity into like why this ha- why they are the way they are and how their powers work and he wants to understand all of this stuff and it really does feel you know like he's doing it in you know the, like any good villain that he thinks he's doing the right thing you know that he's not just I hate mutants. For an, because I have an irrational hatred of mutants, so I want to kill them all. Like, no, he thinks that he has to destroy mutants because if he doesn't, then mutants will destroy Homo sapiens. See, that humans will become extinct. I know they said that at the beginning, like when he read that quote from the paper right. about you know when Homo sapiens came around, Neanderthals had to go, and right. now we're the Neanderthals. But then in his whole speech later, none of that came to bear. What like he, speech later? His speech um, when he is first examining Mystique's blood. And in the lab. When he's yes. talking to Stryker? Yeah. I think. Yeah. And he is going on and on and about how he appreciates them and he just wants to understand why. But he doesn't because even in that same speech it's just about how he thinks destroying the mutants will give the whole world a common enemy and usher in an era of peace. And I'm like you seem to want to have it seven different ways. Like, I feel like the script wasn't clear on exactly why Trask was doing what he was doing. Like, I don't think they ever really decided why he was doing it. It's like, he paid a lot of lip service to just being interested in them, but if you were just interested in them, you would want to explore it and research it and study it. He seems to only be interested in in how they work so that he can take them down and so that he can build better sentinels. And then, which is not scientific curiosity, that's genocide. And then it seems like his whole thing is that he just wants to kill them all so that everyone else has the common enemy, like, you know, Ender's Game. And, like, we'll all be happy and peaceful. Well, I was going to say like, Watchmen, I but yeah. I don't, like, that's just horrific and evil, and that's not science. No, but no. my, my point is that, like, it's a legitimate, like, us or them survival instinct for him. That he thinks, you know... If, if we don't destroy mutants now while they're a small population, then they will overrun humans and humans will become extinct it's and I have to protect myself. No, I, no, I'm not arguing uh, that it's not genocide, but it's, you know, it's also... He's mangled. It's, like, also, it it's also self-defense, you know? Like, and, and I'm just saying that, like, for him, like, it... it not to say that he's not. You know white mean, people are going to be the minority by 2050. That right? is are true. You, are, you, are you pursuing options of self-defense and self-preservation? Well, no, because it's not a different species. You know, like that—that—that's the point that he's trying to make. I that think went somewhere. I didn't think he would. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess. I'm already a half-breed. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but no, I'm just saying that, like, I, I think, I don't think it's mutually exclusive to say that he wants to, uh, you know, defend humanity, defend Homo sapiens, and also give Homo sapiens a common enemy to fight and you know, give a, a common era of peace. Well, I agree that he's a side, dick about it, it's but... It's the flip side of Magneto's coin. Yeah. It, like they, it's it, it's as if the both of them would agree that coexistence ain't gonna happen. Yeah, Magneto so has it's at least been be under attack by humans before. It doesn't seem like Trask has. Like that's all they would have needed was some sort of like, oh well, mutants did this thing to him. Like something that drives why he feels this is the only option. No, see, that's why I and actually... I don't feel like there was. No, there wasn't. Like a and paper one-person route. No, there wasn't, and that's what I liked about him, because as because that story is what they had given to Stryker over and over and over again, is that mutants have, you know, they, his son was a mutant and his wife died, and, they, like, he has, like, a horrible emotional scar because of mutants fucked up his family life, basically, and that's why he, like, yeah. wants to hate, and he hates and wants to destroy all the mutants. They made it less personal for yeah. well, Exactly, like, and I liked that yeah, because it I felt actually, like... More more of an intellectual argument from him, you know, like he and that coming from the scientists. Well, he also buying out now bigotry as an intellectual. I, well, argument. I, I was going to go say, with greed. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not like arguing. The legs off that, a cockroach. Yeah, no, I'm not. Like, that's not fascinated. admirable. No, I'm not saying it's admirable. I'm just saying that he is a scientist first and foremost, and not a guy who got his feelings hurt by mutants and now he wants to kill them all. Like that, we've seen many times before. So. By not doing that, it made him his character way more interesting. I to just me. feel like he was an example of like they say it about homophobia, but I think it's the same thing with the way people feel about white people being the minority. Soon is that that you know they say like homophobia is like the fear men have that gay men will treat them the way they treat women, sure. and it totally is because whenever you paint like the gay fear thing, like oh my god, that guy's gonna like leer at me or he's gonna hit on me when I don't want him to, and it will make me uncomfortable. It's like how do you? women feel when you treat them like that that's how we feel and i feel like that's how it is the only reason i can think mm. that white people would be so afraid of being the minority is because they know how much it sucks to be a minority and it's like you know whose fault that is white people's fault like we made it shitty to be a minority in this country yeah, absolutely that's why we're so afraid to be a minority because we know it sucks to be a minority well yeah. you did it and so i feel like that's how trask is you know it's like he just assumes that the mutants are going to kill everybody. Yes. That if the mutants take over, they're going to kill everybody. And so we have to protect ourselves. It's like, well, why do you think that way? Because that's how you are. Because that's how you treat mutants. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you just assume they're going to do the same thing to you without even giving them a chance because that's the only way you can see the world. Absolutely, that's absolutely right. I mean, and, and that's why I, you know. So you want to have a beer with the bigot? I do. <laughs> exactly. You want to have a beer with like the biggest jackass in the entire movie. I do. And I don't know why. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Beast. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Give me uh, Kelsey Grammer. Like, yeah. well, yeah, hang yeah. out with Tyrion, but don't confuse the two. <laughs> 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 Lord. Well, look. I mean, I've got some. T- I've got some other topics here I we can discuss. Do. But Jesus. we're like, we gotta we're, go to. Nintendo. I know we gotta get in a car <laughs> soon and drive for a long time. So uh, I, I kind of feel like we can just sort of let most of this stuff lie. Do a couple quick lip service things. You know, there are two things that we can talk about a little bit. Um, because they both happened very quickly. Yeah, first Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright leaving Ant Man just uh, womp womp. just makes me so sad. In in for so many for so many different reasons. If nothing else, I don't know if he has anything else that he's really in active development on right now. So 
just the thought that he was about to make it, Edgar Wright was about to make a movie and now he's not going to make that movie. Like aside from the fact that it was a Marvel movie, like just meaning that I'm now going to have to go like that much longer without seeing another Edgar Wright movie makes me sad because that guy's amazing. Uh, but I was really, really looking forward to him getting to play in the Marvel sandbox. Like yeah. a lot. Well, and getting I, a real action comedy. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but it seems to me like Marvel has really been firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of phase two. Oh, been, sure. Has been stellar. Really good. And that's actually the thing that confuses me the most is, you know, I feel like it'd be one thing if they had a phase two movie. I mean, granted, you know, we're still a little while out from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is certainly their biggest gamble in quite some time. But, like, it's not like they had one, like, a big flop in phase two where they're like all of a sudden they like you know they feel like they are they're panicking and they need to course correct and like they need to micromanage ant-man so they don't introduce another you know shitty character that they can't do anything with right you know they they, they're kind of on cloud nine right now so unless they're really panicked about guardians and as far as i can tell they are not they all seem very confident about guardians um i I mean i don't i I mean i feel con i'm I'm more excited for guardians than i have been about some of the others yeah. because it looks like it's going to be fun yeah it'll be fun and it looks really different and that's and that's what i was looking forward to from ant-man was a really different movie like a very different character a very different story arc and a very different tone from every i mean that's one part of what i loved so much about winter soldier is that it was this great like espionage movie that yep. just happened to take place in the marvel universe like right. that's what i really was looking forward to from ant-man was this sort of action comedy about a thief who gets uh you know a you know with what's his power name? device and like has to you know a whole turnaround and like it, it it's it's felt very street level like you could have this sort of great little street level fun movie that just took place in the backdrop of the Marvel Universe, you know? And it didn't have to be all about fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. and And Ultron and anything else. That just becomes sort of the backstory of what else has happened in this universe, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really sad we're not going to get that. I don't I know. Hope, I hope they straighten it out. They're going to, I mean, they're going to have to, they're going to have to hire somebody very soon because they're not pushing their release date. Um, they're, they're not recasting their, I mean, I think they'll probably do another pat, take another pass on the script, but I think the script is, you know, they're not going to suddenly throw out half the script. I don't think at this point, I don't well, think they already, can. How much have they shot? They haven't done anything. No, no, no they, they haven't oh, started they haven't, yet. Oh, they haven't done any shooting no, yet. they were about to go oh, into production. Okay. They're shooting Ultron right now. So, yeah. so, uh, this is for 2016, so they would have gone into production, like, later this year, I think, or, oh, okay. or early next year. Oh, somebody um, thought they were shooting it already. No, no, oh, okay. they, but, they, but it would have been, it, they would have started very shortly. Okay. So, they're real, and, like, he's been on this movie since phase one, so, I mean, this is way, way late in the game, uh, and, it, and if, since they're not gonna push the movie, they can't afford to changed all that much about it you right. know yep. like they'll probably depending and a lot of it's going to be depending on who they get to replace right you know if well, they bring also, in someone who's a right someone like shane black who he's going to do another path any you can hire him for whatever movie you want he's going to take a pass at the script you know yeah like well the other thing is that i mean i feel like when you have a universe that as frankly as well developed at this point as the marvel as the marvel universe is you can't go changing a lot because then you run some pretty well, the risk of continuity error, I mean, major continuity error yeah. gets higher and higher the more you change. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, my biggest fear at this point is probably that they just go with uh, sort of... Brett Ratner? 
Well, yeah, the, essentially, yeah, that they basically just hire someone who can make the script that they already have, you know? Yeah. Someone who's just, like, a hired gun, basically, who's not going to necessarily bring a lot of creative vision to the movie. It's just, hey, we've got all these pieces in place. Can you just make this movie for us, you well, know? we'll end up with Iron Man 2. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, if they brought Favreau in to do it, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, that's never going to happen, but I'd, I'd be okay with that. But, no, I really want to see them stick with the, you know, the action comedy vein they should they need I think they should need to bring in someone who can really handle the comedy aspect which is like look my dream would be Phil Lord and Chris Miller I mean those guys can basically do no wrong and I feel like they could actually sort of step into a project like this and and you know and really knock it out of the park and you know bring their own voice to it without having to, you know, redo everything from the beginning. So, yeah. it, we'll I see. don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, we're going we're gonna to hear an announcement very soon. Yep. Well, I mean, there's, there's no way that the people over at Marvel aren't freaking out about this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Part of me almost is not is almost surprised that they didn't already have somebody. They didn't yeah. announce, we're, Edgar Wright is leaving and he's being replaced by this person. Yeah. But they didn't do it all in one fell swoop. Um, the other thing we can talk about is, uh, so last week we saw and mostly enjoyed the shit out of Godzilla. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Gareth Edwards, the director, uh, who is contracted to do a second and a third Godzilla movie, I believe. Hooray! Um, has, in the last week, been snatched up by the folks at Disney and Lucasfilm to direct the first plan of many planned Star Wars spin-off movies. Oh, that I didn't know. Um, yeah, so this will be for 2016. Oh my god. Uh, December of 2016. Um, and we don't, we still don't know what the movie is. Um, there's been a lot of rumors that they want to do a Boba Fett movie, they want to do a Yoda movie, they want to do a young Han Solo movie. Um, all of these are bad ideas. I, I know. The prevailing, you know, the wind seems to be blowing young in. Indiana Jones. Basically. In space. Basically, yeah. Thanks. Um, I'll pass. The the indicators seem to point towards uh, Boba Fett. Everybody seems to feel like that. That seems to be the character that's got a lot of traction at Disney that they seem really jazzed up about. So uh, this I, this could be a Boba Fett me. movie. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, Boba. You know, when you think about it, Boba Fett is a character that everybody loves, but kind of irrationally so because we never really saw him do. All, like he looks awesome. And they sort of imply that he has this great shady, you know, history and, like, you know, crazy adventures that he went on and he disintegrates people and no disintegrations. But, like, yeah, we literally saw him, like, stand next to Darth Vader and follow a guy around in his spaceship and then fall into a Sarlacc pit. Like, we've never really seen him do anything cool, so... I, I just don't know if he could, like, if he could, uh, you know, be the front man on a f- whole franchise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I mean, it could just be a one-off movie. They might not want to do... So no, their no, whole no, thing is they're going to do a trilogy that's, and then they want to do separate spin-off movies no, every year. No, so. no, I, I get it. I'm just saying is that I don't, I don't know if I'd want to watch a whole Boba Fett movie. Yeah. I mean, he's a bounty hunter. You have to be I, an anti-hero at best, you know? That's right. And the thing is that... He's not going to be a do-gooder. Can you love an anti-hero enough? Yeah, I don't know. In a Disney movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just mm. what what does feel exciting about it though is that it, Gareth Edwards is basically being given the keys to the kingdom here, in that you, you make a Star Wars movie. It doesn't have to have anything to do with the Skywalkers. In fact, please don't let it have anything to see, do with the Skywalkers. But, but play in this universe, and that's the part that seems really see, intriguing to me. See, here's the problem: is it's the same problem with the Sinister Six concept. Is that 
you need to be able to root for your protagonist. Right. And I I just don't know if I can. Well, no, yeah, I don't... I mean, he cannot have a redemption arc. Yeah, no. In a Boba Fett movie, probably not. But So I, that's why I think, you know, I want to see movies where with whole whole new characters, you know? Yeah. Uh, that just take place in this universe. That You know, I really loved the idea of a Seven Samurai movie with, you know, Seven Jedi defending some yeah. backwater planet right. against some... None of wo- whom we know. Yeah, exactly. That would like, be, that, that, that's I, much better. That's the kind of stuff that I really want to see. Yeah. Like, I don't really that's, care about... That's how you flesh out a universe. Exactly. I don't really need to see young Han Solo. I don't really need to see Yoda. I don't want Yoda. to see young Han yeah. Solo. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But it's really exciting to see Gareth Edwards, I mean... I mean, and he's going to be back for, hey, for Godzilla. As long as I get my Godzillas, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but the other interesting thing is that this movie is scheduled for December of 2016, so... Uh, when is it going to happen? Well, I mean, it's going to have to happen soon, but the, you know what else is scheduled for December of 2016 right now is a sequel to Avatar. Oh, fuck me. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Which is like a movie, look, which inherently brings weight to it because it's the most profitable movie ever made but like, nobody gives a shit about Avatar at the I same never, time I never you know? saw Avatar yeah and Jamie you Me never either. saw it either right nope yeah. I saw it and I didn't care like it looks great and the technology that went into making that movie is fantastic but it's a kind of a shitty movie well, and the thing about it was that it was supposed to be it's awesome in 3 this is why I never saw it because yeah. I didn't see it in the theaters and at that time anyway there was nobody had 3D TVs yeah and my, my parents have one now, so I would watch it now. But the thing is that I feel no desire to, because I know the movie's not that good, and yeah, there's plenty of not. other shit in 3D well, that saying, looks great. That's exactly why I never saw it, because whenever anyone talked about it, all they did was talk about like how it's not a very good movie, but it looks so good, and it's so worth seeing in the theaters and in 3D. And I never got around to seeing it in theaters, and so when it fell out of theaters, I was like, oh, well, I guess I missed the one good thing about the movie, so right. now there's no point in watching it, yeah. and I never and, have, and, and I'm now okay that you with that. Can, yeah. Why bother? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if I want to watch something awesome in 3D now, I'm going to go buy Gravity. Yeah, exactly. Watch it on 3D, exactly. Like, that's awesome in 3D, and it's a good movie. Yeah. Well, I think that just about wraps it up then. Uh, next week. What is uh, next week? So, next week is the 30th, I think, of May. Um, look, the big release next week is Maleficent, and I don't give a shit about Maleficent. I can't. The only the only thing about Maleficent that I care about at all is Chateau Copley as the maybe evil king. I'm sure he's going to have a ridiculous accent, yeah. and but I just I just I just don't care about yeah. that movie. Um, it's going to be a really busy weekend for me, actually. Yeah, I was going to say you're you'll you'll have graduated by then. I will have. Um, the only other movie, the only other big release coming out next week, which I would totally be willing to see, and yeah. this actually might be a good change of pace for us. Is a million ways to die in the West, the oh, Seth MacFarlane movie. Uh, yeah, we haven't done like a big old comedy in a while. Yeah, we haven't. Um, we we spend an awful lot of time talking about comic book movies. Yeah, we should, we, we should. I think maybe it's time for for just um, dumbass comedy. Yeah, it's. We'll, we'll have to give it a shot. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But let's let's hope let's hope for that. Yeah, and if not, that one can, we can always catch that one on the flip flop. Anyway. Exactly. Like, so, that one's not an opening weekend. Yeah. Any any other any other thoughts? Any final any final X thoughts? Overall, I'm pleased. Yeah, I'm very pleased, and I actually want to see it again, and not just in a, like, intellectual, like, yeah, I can see what's going on. Like, that's a movie that I feel like I could watch multiple times, you know? Like, I'm excited to watch that movie again. Here's a question. So, this is like a choose-your-own-adventure. Oh, good. So, you can go back to the theater, Mm. and you can see Godzilla again, or you can watch this again. 
You can only do one of them in the, in the next week or so. Yeah, you know, that's tough. I'd probably go with Godzilla. Why? Honestly, because even though this movie is... Even though Days of Future Past is... Uh, in terms of, like, percentage of running time, uh, more engaging, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the highs of Godzilla are much higher than the highs of Days of Future Past. Um, like, there was no atomic breath down your throat and ripping your head off. Right. Oh, shit, awesome moment in Days of Future Past. There was the Pentagon breakout where we both went, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And that was about as high as it got. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, I feel like I'm excited to watch Days of Future Past here on my couch, on my yes. TV a hey, lot. That's exactly I want to see Godzilla on a screen again. Like, I want to yes. make a... I'm actually trying to make the point to go again, because I really want to see him big and beautiful and awesome, you know? Yes. So I'd go... Yeah, I'll go with Godzilla, probably. I, I would do the same thing for the same reason. Godzilla requires... A big scale. It requires just, it's scale. Just, it's just a big movie. Yeah. Nothing about Days of Future Past. Look, None of that stuff is going to play any different on I, your right. TV. I look forward to watching it again. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Um, and I will. But Godzilla, I, I could see that huge again. Yeah. I like it huge. Let's 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 do it huge. Jamie's asleep. She is. She's gonna sleep in the car as soon as we get in it. We still have to pack. I know. All right. Well, well we're all done now. Um. So, uh, let's, let's, we'll do... Jamie, Jamie, do you want to do the outro? Yeah, you you did the intro. You might as well do the outro. I don't know what the outro is. I've never oh, paid attention. No. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, you can, you can follow us oh, yeah, on all the things. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Daily Screening. You can subscribe to the podcast. On follow us on, on iTunes on or SoundCloud. iTunes or SoundCloud. Bart and Jamie remain. What do we remain? Invisible We're phantoms. to the internet. We're internet phantoms internet on phantoms. the internet. And now, new and improved. Find the podcast on YouTube. Yeah, we did this last one on YouTube, uh, yeah, th- which took a lot of effort. Did it really? Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it took it took a lot of effort. So we, this may be short lived, but I'm gonna oh. give it. I'm gonna give it a shot. We'll we'll do a couple on YouTube. See if people find them there. You should you should put just the new ones. Oh yeah, and I'm not going to do the old ones. No, 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 but... no, no, no. I mean, like movies that are still in theaters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. good call. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. So, um, all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming as always. Uh, well, it's... well, she lives here. She does. She does Dude, live I here. Have no choice. Indeed. Uh, thank you for listening. Hey, hey, and 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 happy wedding anniversary, hey, you yeah. guys. Look it's our that. anniversary. Thanks. We've been married for two whole Woo. years. Happy wedding officiating anniversary, Indeed. Bart. Thank you. Wouldn't have happened without you, buddy. It really wouldn't have. So <laughs> say we all. Legit <laughs> true. Thanks for filing that paperwork. Yep. We assume you did. You're the best. <laughs> I gave you the receipt. That's true. <laughs> File it under D <laughs> for donut. <laughs> have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. <laughs>